Welcome everyone to episode 388 of the Thumbs Up Athletes podcast. I'm your host Dan and it is just me today. Uh, so I am going to be doing the 2018 second half of the year recap episode. Obviously we always do this before our Thummy Game Awards. So uh, yeah, the episodes I picked today uh, or chunks of episodes I picked today are from uh, a few of the bigger releases that, that you might hear their names come up during during the Thummy Awards. Um, so I picked, hold on, let me look at my list here. Um, nope, that's the wrong thing. Of course I didn't get it right. Uh, so I picked Red Dead Redemption 2. Obviously that's on a lot of Game of the Year lists. Uh, we'll definitely be talking about that one. Um, for S's and G's, I put Call of Duty Black Ops 2 because every year we say we're not going to get it and someone, someone ends up getting it. We have an episode. So Cod Blops 4 made the cut. Uh, Life is Strange 2 Episode 1 made the cut. Uh, specifically because this game was not all that well liked amongst us so that one's going to get covered monster hunter world is going to get covered uh and then octopath traveler is also going to get covered for for this episode there's a few recent games um that we might be talking about in the thummies uh, like super smash brothers and pokemon let's go eevee and pikachu but those episodes just came out so i didn't i figured i didn't need to put those in here uh, the only one I, I kind of glossed over, Spyro Reignited Trilogy. Um, that'll probably get talked about, but I, I left that one out. Um, I left out Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I think I was the only one that played it. Uh, probably not necessarily award-worthy. So there is a few omissions from, from the 2018 end-of-the-year recap, but that's what I have on the docket for this week's episode i also wanted to start the episode with an apology for our lack of uh communication i'll I'll say um i've kind of we've had a heck of a time moving out of the old house into the new house um i was at the old house yesterday fixing the furnace uh so yeah it's it's been a, a difficult thing but hopefully things get back to normal we can start tweeting again letting people know when the episodes are um, I'm going to contact the guys later tonight or tomorrow and see what we're going to do about what when we're going to have the thummies uh, specifically. So uh, I will get that up on Facebook as, as soon as I can. But, uh, you know, once life gets into a more normal routine, we'll be able to get everything ironed out and get back to good communication with, with our, you, our listeners. So, uh, But, yeah, thank you for being patient. Um, I very much appreciate it. Uh, no matter what, we'll have an episode for you every week. So... Uh, even if it's late, like this one is, we'll you will have an episode. So, yeah. So, uh, without further blabbing, uh, I'm going to start at the beginning. Uh, this is a blurb from episode 366, which was Octopath Traveler. Um, the four of us were on for this episode too, which is very cool. Uh, we all played it. We all enjoyed it. So, um, here is uh, an excerpt from episode 366, Octopath Traveler. That's one of my favorite things about the battle system is is figuring out what those weaknesses yeah. are. And I had yeah. um uh who is it? Is it Primrose that can um allure people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I brought somebody into my party that exploits weakness. Mm-hmm. So I would summon him and like he would help figure out what the weaknesses were and I thought that was so cool. Yeah. Uh one of the characters does that too. Oh. Cyrus. Whenever you start a battle, he unlocks one thing per character, and then he has an ability called Analyze, which 
uh, wow. he, he is the one of the scholar abilities that you can use to yeah. unlock the the question marks. He'll probably uh, but, be a mainstay for me then. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also like Bravely Default, every turn you get a battle point and you can save those battle points if you only attack once or you can attack more than once and spend them all you know, on a really powerful attack. So that's another layer of strategy in the, in the battles is how you decide to use those, whether you you know, blow them all in the first turn or if you save them up and slowly whittle down and then unleash all the powerful attacks once you get your enemy's uh, shields broken. So uh, it's good stuff. Good, good combat system. Yeah, actually, another thing I wanted to point out, um, it's not about the combat system, but about Eric saying, like, you constantly have the feeling that you're progressing. Uh, One thing I noticed, like, when I was doing the Chapter 2 missions, a lot of the level, like, they break the levels up so you can kind of do them in a specific order. Like, I think it might have been Therion, who's his Chapter 2 quest was, like, level 19 recommended for you to do it but then like ophelia's was like 23 so they kind of like break it up by a little uh by the levels so you can still kind of progress through the stories but not feel blocked off and you have to grind a ton yeah uh, to be able to do them all at once because you kind of will hit those levels while you do the other character story missions yeah uh, if that makes sense so then you could do the ones that are higher leveled and like i know in chapter three like a couple of them are 40 a couple of them are in the mid 30s so You kind of have a little bit of... You can still progress the main story uh, and level up and grind at the same time. So, Yeah, I've kind of done some of this. I've done a, is it two or three of the second second level ones. Uh, yeah, and, and their, their levels vary wildly. Like, like Will said, I think my second chapter stuff started at level 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they go up all, all the way up to 29. I don't know if it matters like what level your character are at what times or who you pick yes at at what time but yeah that's good stuff Corey. let's 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 hear your thoughts you are have played significant significantly more than the rest of us so what are your what are your thoughts i mean you put 16 hours in one day so that's that's gotta say something right yeah um very a very quick 16 hours it was one of those things where you look up and then it's four hours since the last time you looked at the time and then that happened like three times. So okay, um, it went by quick. But uh, I think we've we've hinted at um, this style of game in the past. Like, I remember when we first started recording the idea of taking this uh, style of game, you know, the retro 2D, but implementing a bunch of modern features and graphical enhancements and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know, at least I was, and I think you guys were too, like very excited once we saw the initial, I think it was in like an E3 montage for Nintendo, like their yep. Switch games. And it was just like a few screenshots, but I remember like freaking out, like seeing it and being so excited and seeing the world map and everything. Um, so I was, a, I was very excited for the game, but also nervous because um, some of the reviews, I don't think the reviews were, they were good for the most part, right? Like I think it's 80... Honestly, they weren't as good as I thought, and I, I yeah. Destructoid, I think, gave it a seven and a half. I was like, uh oh, I hope this isn't this isn't going to be like an an average JRPG, right? Uh, and, and it turned out to me, I feel like that's a low ball score. Yeah, uh, I think IGN, IGN is the one that gave it like a nine point three, and you know the joke was always, oh IGN, you know they they give everything high scores, but I don't I don't think that's the case as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like that would be the closest to what I would probably score Octopath Traveler. I think seven and a half is 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 definitely lowballing it. I agree, and um, for me, it's it's the combat is great. Um, the path actions are 
awesome. You can yeah. on your a really awesome implementation, and I like how uh, each of those villagers that you can interact with has their own backstory. And yeah. That ha- most of the time has nothing to do with the game. Yep. Uh, somebody took the time to to write backstories for these characters. And, um, it's kind of fun to, to talk to them, though, and see what they have to say, and then use the scrutinize ability to see what their real background is. And yeah. There's a lot, of, a lot of really good writing in this. And I also think there's a bigger conversation to be had about this kind of game. And this is something I know we talked about years ago when we first started, too. Uh, the idea of why why JRPGs were so celebrated back in the day, but now they're more niche. Um, and I remember us having a discussion about how when dialogue isn't performed by CG and even voice acting, even though there is some voice acting in this game, yeah. um, you kind of fill in the blanks with your imagination. Mm-hmm. And it's good to have that experience again. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, that coupled with like the awesome storytelling, each character I think has a really compelling, awesome story to follow. Yeah, um, and they vary enough that they're different. The the one complaint I have is how formulaic it kind of is, where you go and experience a character story, uh, the initial parts of it, you do some things in the village, you go to a dungeon, fight a boss, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that way for all the characters. And again, that was from episode three sixty six, Octopath Traveler. Uh, another good Nintendo release for the year. Sorry, sorry, Dave. I know, I know you like to hate on Nintendo, but that was that was a good game. I feel like for the most part, other than I think me and Corey ended up beating that one, and uh, for everyone else, it it kind of fizzled out. I know Will is close. I don't think he'll get to it to the end of the year, and and I know Eric maybe got like halfway through, uh, and then and then was done with it. So, but uh, solid solid game good good return to form for the for the jrpg so next on the list is going to be from episode 370 monster hunter world now we had tito on uh who is a very long time listener he's been on a couple episodes for us too uh and he he talked at length because he spent a significant amount of time with both the ps4 versions and the pc version of monster hunter world so uh he is featured very heavily in this episode and rightfully so uh, he did a great job uh, covering the game for us uh, me and Corey, i know played a little bit of it um but yeah he was he was the definitely the expert there so um, we leaned heavily on his expertise during this episode so uh episode 370 monster hunter world most of my time is through the ps4 version mm-hmm. of the game i just thought i should bring that up but i would say right now it's my lead for game of the year oh, wow okay and i have i have a couple of reasons why which i'll go mm-hmm. i'll get into eventually but it's nice. a, it's excellent. It's just a lot of fun. It's just a great game, and it's cool because um, back when it came out originally, back in January or February, it was a lot of new people coming into this series. Yeah, and um, just finding out about this gem, like oh, it's been here the entire time, and now we're getting into it. And there's just, I think Corey said it best a while back. I remember it. It really is its own industry at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow, I, I used to be smart. <laughs> yeah uh while me and Corey didn't necessarily play monster hunter world a lot we sp- we both played a lot of monster hunter 4 ultimate i played a little bit of monster hunter 3 also so um we were at least familiar with with how the game works uh and one thing Corey talked about uh i don't think you said it on the episode but i i might have mentioned it 
uh, one of the things that was good for us having experience with the series before is we kind of knew what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it, cause the game, even though this one is, is one of the more accessible ones, it's still throws a lot at you. Uh, and it, uh, stuff is not necessarily easy to find. I don't think, I mean, Tito, you were, you were new to the series. So, I mean, how did you feel when you first started the game? Like how, uh, it throws everything at you and, and stuff's kind of hard to find and crafting. And like, how did you, how'd you do getting all that sorted? Um, well, I'm the kind of player that if I get into a game, I'll, I'll do all the YouTube videos of like finding all the little bits and details of it and it was actually kind of fun that they don't tell you these things and especially when you discover these things and you're like oh i can see how that can be really helpful or i don't know it's just like it's just small little discoveries that just make you appreciate the game even more in terms of like wow there's this stuff too like i'm so used to these games that and i'll um i'll kind of do a little comparison about it but like a game like destiny where it just feels very a, a bit more simple mm-hmm. to the complexity of monster hunter world but there it's you learn that this game is very well thought out yeah it, that's the impression i got it's like very well thought out mm-hmm. you know where you run into a lot of problems that you have to go through with other gamers complaining about it on reddit or whatever it's like how they not how do they not run into these issues whereas um it seems like capcom you know, they've been doing it for so long and they know how to they know how to make Monster Hunter World or mm-hmm. they know how to make the Monster Hunter series, at least. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. It was it was fun kind of discovering all the little little details and how, how everything works. Yeah, I uh, I find myself feeling a little bit like uh, like a hack when I play these games, because the people who have been with the series since the start, like are like, oh, my gosh, you guys have no idea what it used to be like and how easy things are to do now. And I'm still, like, easy. Like, this is still very difficult for me. There's a lot going on. I have to do, like, ten different things before I can achieve the one thing I want to achieve. Um, but, I mean, I like I like that part of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the prep, the preparation alone going into, into each battle, and not necessarily at the beginning, but as you get later on in the game, like, that stuff alone... Like it needs its own, like like Tito said, like YouTube guides and 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 guides and stuff. If you if you're not familiar with how to do all that stuff, there's there's a lot there, a lot of prep that goes into into. I read a funny Steam review actually. Uh, my, it was my time with. I don't think it was Monster Hunter World, but it was one of the other Monster Hunters, and they they listed off like 30 things before they even started going into the actual like hunt. Yeah, it's this list of 30 things that they did, and I'm like, oh, that's that's Monster Hunter for you. Yep. So. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, real quick, Tito. Let's talk about the differences between uh, if there is any PS4 and PC version. Are, are graphically better? Does it run better on one or the other? Um, sure. This this was a a topic I found a little interesting because they had pointed out when they announced the PC version, which was a lot sooner than people realized, because they were like, "It's coming out next week," um, or like a month from now. Um, but they made a point to mention that they didn't really do anything more for the PC mm. version. It's pretty much the council version just on PC. Right. And so a lot of people were upset at that news because obviously with a more powerful rig, you'd want, you know, better visuals and stuff like that. But um, I don't know about you, but in, overall, just playing the PC version, it runs well on yeah. my machine. And I have a pretty old, processor i've updated the gpu a few times i have an i5 2500k sandy bridge oh um, okay. I'm, I'm right about where you are i've got the i7 2600 yeah yeah right, right and it, it's, it's pretty old 
Yeah, yeah, it's about five, six years old at this point. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, I've been able to play most of my games, and I'm the kind of person that I'm not going to update until it starts to run like crap. Yeah. Um, I- All right, again, that was Monster Hunter World featuring Tito, a longtime listener and friend of the show. Uh, that's that'll be on my list of the one that got away. That's definitely a game I did not get to spend enough time with. Um, but but we'll revisit it at some point. I, I, I might end up playing that on the Xbox um, now that we got an Xbox for Christmas. So yeah, next up on the list is game number or episode number. Where are we here? Uh, from episode three seventy seven. This is Life is Strange two episode one. Uh, again, I'm putting this in here because it wasn't a game that we liked very much as a group. I think I was the one that liked it the most, um, but definitely didn't love it as much as the old other Life is Stranges and even uh, Captain Spirit, um, which came out over in the summer and was like a prequel of sorts to Life is Strange 2. So, um, yep, this is episode 377, Life is Strange 2. It's not really a twist because it's it's sort of you play a prologue and then you're expecting this one thing out of Life is Strange, what we've come to know and love about Life is Strange, and then they throw you this curveball at the end of the prologue yeah. uh, that I really was not expecting at all. I didn't see that coming at all. Uh, I don't know if you guys did. I don't I don't know how much information has been put out there about the game. I never watched any trailer. I literally knew nothing about this game. Yeah. So uh, I mean, what, you, what you're referring to is the... So, Spoilers. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're listening yeah. to this, we are going to spoil the entire yeah. episode, yes. so uh, definitely play it first. Um, but yeah, so what what you're referring to is, you know, it starts off like a normal, like uh, Life is Strange, like a, a, at least as we know them, high school, mm-hmm. you know, high right. school stuff sort of going on. Uh, the main character, Sean, uh, is kind of getting ready to go to a party later that night, and it's the, the game is, at the beginning is the lead up to that. Uh, so you you know you meet your younger brother Daniel you meet your your dad uh, Esteban and uh, you just kind of get a feel for what what their life is like. Um, uh, shortly after that, uh, your br- younger brother Daniel is outside. Uh, he apparently spills some paint or something on on the douchey neighbor kid. Um, zombie the, blood, Dan. Zombie blood, yeah. Zombie blood. Um, <laughs> he gets upset, starts yelling at, at Daniel. Sean sees it from inside his bedroom, goes out, and they start a fist fight. Um, uh, Sean ends up punching him. Uh, he falls down and hits his head mm-hmm. on a rock. Yeah, or like his back or something. He, yeah. Okay, that was the thing that I was thought was so dumb. He hit his back on a rock and died. I don't think he died. I think yeah. he was maybe winded or maybe knocked or like unconscious. Paralyzed I don't think he, or something? I don't think he was dead. I was under the impression he was no longer with us yeah i don't know but there happened to be a police officer that was driving by at the same time and he got out of his car uh to to sort of defuse this not to def- i don't know i guess he was trying to defuse the situation he dan really he was trying didn't. to shoot some people well <laughs> my whole issue with the cop was that was a very poorly trained police officer oh my god dan. and this is yeah. the point that's I, literally I the worst police officer i would ever see in my entire life in that whole that whole sequence t- totally ripped me out of the game and and going back to the you know the political discussion uh i don't i know police brutality exists um it's probably disproportionate towards minorities i don't know i i honestly i have no idea if that's factual or not i haven't done any research i i assume it is 
I think most people assume it is. Uh, but the way that that escalated in this game, I thought was so poorly done. It was, it was almost rid- offensive to me. It, it was ridiculous. I thought I was like, are you kidding me? He shot the dad when he was literally just standing there with his hands up. Right. And not to mention, these were kids that were arguing. I like I lived in not the hardest neighborhood in New York City, but a relatively hard Brooklyn neighborhood, um, which if I told people that it was Bushwick, they'd call me crazy. But when I first moved there, it wasn't what it is now at all. Um, And I saw police interacting with kids, you know, that were arguing or whatever. And they were cool. Like everybody was cool with each other. Each other. It was kind of a joke. And the, the vibe I got from this game, at least the first hour, hour and a half I played of it, like to me, it seemed like these kids were living in the suburbs. Um, I don't know if that plays into this at all, but like, it's just the way it escalated and the way it did, it felt so forced. Yeah, uh, and that oh, it just took me out of the game. I, I think I would have been happier if the because the, the police officer was was nervous, clearly didn't know how to handle the situation in no. any way. No. I would have been happier if he had been like overly aggressive, like blowhard police officer. I feel like right. that would have made more sense. Yeah, than someone who was clearly terrified, terrified of yeah. of everything. Like yeah. that's not <laughs> you go you go through like how, years of training. I think. Yeah. There's, I, well, there's no way that person would have been a police officer. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, they go uh, through an academy. Yeah, yeah. that's right. what I mean. Yeah. Um, and and not that there isn't untrained police officers, and not that something like this couldn't happen. But when you're making a video game that tries to tackle this topic, I feel like you should give it a little bit more care and attention. And yeah. and the whole the whole life is strange shtick is that you're making decisions. I would have enjoyed it more if I was making more decisions throughout the process. And then no matter what, even if it was the illusion of choice, no matter what decision I made, it escalated it a little bit more. And I'd be like, Oh crap. Oh crap. Oh crap. You know, but there wasn't even really that it was just, I don't know. It was a a poorly executed sequence. Yeah. So what ends up happening? I don't know if we explained it clearly is the Sean and, and, and Daniel's father comes out to, you know, because obviously he sees the police officer kind of yelling at his kids. And uh, did he pull the gun on them at that point? Or was it when Esteban came out of the house, you know, he with his hands up, he's like, they're good kids. Just just let's talk. Let him go. I'm like 90 percent sure he had pulled the gun before the dad came out. OK, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, as as Esteban is is pleading with the officer to just settle down the officer uh like i said nervous and jerky the entire time clearly not in control of the situation at all uh shoots esteban and kills him which sets off daniel which you learned his i don't know he sets off some sort of explosion he goes super saiyan yeah sets off some sort of explosion there's a big like a circle uh, explosion or whatever around him Mm -hmm. uh blows the cop car off uh obviously kills the police officer probably the neighbor kid um uh, I guess I was Sean far enough away that he doesn't get hurt by the blast, but he yeah. scoops up Daniel and they, they hit the road to, to make a run mm-hmm. for it. So uh, that's kind of the intro to the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, uh, it's tough for me because I can't tell if, if I was just so turned off by the game at that point that I just had no interest or if it's just, another symptom of my like the the bigger picture of me like being less interested in video games because after that point I felt like I was playing a walking dead game and I'm uh-huh. like I 
just have no interest in this. And part of the reason I stopped doing the podcast is so that I didn't have to force myself to play through stuff like this that I wasn't really enjoying at the time. Right. No, this is not a good Life is Strange game so far, Corey. Right. Well, to be fair, I mean, it's the second Life is Strange game, so I'm with you, Will, in that um, to me, like, Life is Strange is about the nuance of uh, living in a privileged America. And this is kind of the opposite of that. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's not what I was expecting. Um, and t- for me, like, I really just thought they botched they botched the execution. Well, this is... There was a line from one of the characters, Brody, where he made a comment where he said, everything is political, which kind of turned me off from the game because I'm very much about not everything in life is political. Not everything has to be a a message or a stance or whatever. Like, uh, Spider-Man was getting ripped for having a supposed stance on policemen, like, being cool. And, like, that they were getting ripped for that when it's a freaking superhero video game. Like, they're not trying to make some stance on you know, police brutality in that game. So when he said that, it was very clear to me that this game is a political stance and a message that, you know, I'm not playing video games for politics. And that was Life is Strange 2, Episode 1. Don't have a ton more to comment on about that game. Uh, again, I think maybe we talked about uh, about it during the episode, but usually we like to wait to cover those until it's a complete series. Um, but this one we were, we were all really excited for and uh, didn't didn't quite quite meet all of our expectations. Um, but we we decided to review them individually for for this particular series. And I have not heard at all when the next episode's supposed to come out. So who knows? That's months later. I, I think Life is Strange. I think maybe did they come out in October or September? Uh, so it's been a while. Maybe I think it was September. And no word yet here at the very end of December on Life is Strange two episode two. So. Who knows? I know they had mentioned wanting to get it to the have the uh, the Life is Strange emotional strings or whatever. But uh, yeah, other than that, I haven't really heard anything. So uh, next on the list is from the very next episode, uh, episode 378, where we talked about Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Um, I'm almost half throwing this in kind of as a joke, uh, only because it's it's you know, it's thumbstick athletes. We say every year, we're not going to get call of duty. We end up getting call of duty. Uh, I know Eric and will did like this one for the brief amount of time. They played it uh, a lot of stuff going on as usual with the call of duty game. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I threw, I threw it in there because why the heck not? It may come up at some point during the thummies. I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, so yeah, episode 378 call of duty, black ops four like a more polished version to me of PUBG and what kind of what they were going for um, because I like the idea of PUBG it was just so janky and I, I couldn't get used to that so uh, that's what had me intrigued um, so that's the first mode I played Will and I played a handful of matches together duos mm-hmm. um, so I guess in comparison to Fortnite it is definitely a lot more slow um, to develop like, I would say Fortnite games are, are quicker, and they just feel a little faster overall to me. Um, the map is really big. I don't know how big it is in comparison, but w- one of my favorite things about the map is that the areas that you can land in are all based off of former Call of Duty areas or multiplayer maps, which I think is awesome. 
Yeah. So you have like a nuke town is a place you can land. Um, there's the asylum, which was a zombies map. There's the cargo docks, which uh, cargo was a famous map, the really small one. Um, so stuff like that. Um, but yeah, the, I, I guess my only real complaint, other than the games being a little longer, I, I do like Fortnite because the games tend to be quicker. Um, the games are kind of slow paced and it's control wise, picking up items can be a little difficult to get used to. Yeah. Whereas in Fortnite, it's really snappy to pick things up and change through things. Um, in Call of Duty Blackout, it's, uh, it's, you actually have to hold X instead of just pressing it, which can be a little annoying. Uh, so getting used to that. But other than that, I really like the mode a lot. I think Will and I had a pretty good time with it. Uh, I like I like the areas that you can land in. It's been fun. Um, there are vehicles, which adds a little wrinkle to it. Um, I know there are golf carts in uh, Fortnite now, but it's 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 a different kind of feel. Uh, Will and yeah. I did get in some four wheelers, but it gives away your spot too. Which my main tactic in those kind of games is hopefully nobody sees me, so I can survive. Hide. Yeah, hide. Play a big pansy. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I really, I really have enjoyed it. Obviously, I don't know, you know, what the best guns or anything like that is so far. Um, but figuring all that out will be fun. I two of my other good friends down here did buy us, so we can get a uh, four-man squad going soon, hopefully, which will be a good time. Um, but yeah, I guess that's my initial thoughts on blackout mode. Will? Yeah. So I'll say, I'll say it. I love it. Yeah. There I you never go. thought I, I, you know what. I don't know if you remember this, Eric, but I vividly do. Dan made a joke early in the year that we we're going to get the new Call of Duty, and you and I were just vehemently. We we're kind of like annoyed that Dan would even suggest Every that we year. were going to we're going <laughs> to back down. And Every year. Well, guess what we did? We backed down, and yeah. I'm not ashamed to say it. I love Blackout. I have a lot of fun playing it. Um, as it's been made known, I like Fortnite. I don't play Fortnite. I think PUBG is a pile of garbage, so I don't play that. But Blackout just seems to be, I don't know what, I can't really put my finger on it as to why I play Blackout and not Fortnite. Well, I mean, they, they are definitely different. Like I was well, saying, I was Fortnite say, is what... faster, it's um, it's cartoony. I think if you prefer like the real life-looking setting, uh, Call of Duty Blackout is going to be for you. Yeah, Call um, of Duty has the really tight feeling controls. The shooting uh, is way better. Yeah, yeah. It's, Fortnite, Fortnite's it's kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not kind of silly. It's very silly. Very silly. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's more like 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 Eric said. The controls are a lot tighter, so it's 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 a different feeling. It's first person too instead of third right. person. Yeah, I think I think maybe it's the first person, and it's the snappiness of the actual controls that, and I'm used to it. I'm familiar with it. It's like a molding the game type that I really like with kind of the gameplay that I'm familiar with, so I don't feel too intimidated with trying to jump in and play it. Is probably where where my head's at with it. I would um, also say it's a much lower barrier to entry to play mm-hmm. Blackout, not just because it came out recently either. Um, the building not being there obviously is a huge difference. Yeah. Um, so you don't have to deal with people who are like crazy good at building. That's one of the things that ultimately frustrated me with Fortnite because I wasn't getting better at it and other people were seemingly far better at it than I was and only getting better. 
Um, so that's one of the reasons I kind of quit playing. Uh, There's not, nothing about the game that I didn't like. I just wasn't good enough at it. Uh, so you don't really, you don't have to deal with that part of it. it. Now it's just like, you know, Call of Duty tightness with the shooting in that same setting. Yeah. Um, and I feel like most of the guns are pretty similar from what I could tell. So, you know, it wasn't as... Uh, heavily based on you know luck of the draw with treasure chests at least that's my initial experience i was actually gonna say the same thing like when you would play Fortnite, like if you got lucky and got like the the legendary variant of a gun like you could clean up with it and be really effective and kill people pretty easily with it and this one it's kind of less like oh i got the legendary gun it's like oh i'm really good with the submachine guns in this game so let me pick so up. that was call of duty black ops 4 uh what can i say it's call of duty black ops 4 uh, you know, it's a, a solid package every year, not anything I'm particularly interested in. So, um, you know, being not much of a multiplayer gamer. So there's that. Uh, and now for the last one, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. I actually cut out about 10 minutes of the Red Dead Redemption 2 episode uh, for you guys to listen to. Obviously, it's going to be a huge, huge topic of conversation at the Thummies. It's uh, uh, widely regarded as the best game of the year. I know there's a few... Uh, there's a few places that you know that'll pick God of War uh, and various other games, but I think Call of Duty Black Ops, or yeah, Call of Duty, yeah, Red Dead Redemption's is is going to be on a lot of uh, best game of the year lists for people and and outlets and stuff. So yeah, definitely uh, had to have a significant chunk, and I think uh, Eric and, and and Corey do a great job talking about the game too. So uh, it gives you a good feel, at least what to expect early on in the game. It is a very lengthy game. Uh, it's one that I will get to also at this point now that I have a console to play it on. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I'll wait for the PC version to come out, even though that's that's probably my preferred way of playing. Uh, I'll just get it on Xbox. So, yeah, episode 380, Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, yeah, so I've played quite a bit. I, I honestly don't have an estimation of how much, but I've done all just about all the side quests in the first uh, kind of camp area that you get to. Is, what's it called? Horseshoe... Overlook? Overlook? Yeah, so you set up camp at uh, Horseshoe Overlook, and you play as Arthur Morgan, who reminds me a lot of uh, Joel from The Last of Us, just in a oh. Western setting. Definitely yeah. a black coffee guy. Straight sure. black coffee. This that's, how, that's how the Cowboys oh. drink it. Yeah, well, they have to. Um, but yeah, and actually, you can make coffee in the game, oddly enough. I did buy a coffee percolator for the camp. And... So, anyway, with my impressions of the game, uh, I will say at first I was probably a little underwhelmed, uh, and I, I would say really my biggest complaint, I guess complaint, it's not really a complaint anymore, but at first it was kind of a complaint. I felt like there was a lot more um, cinematics, and it was a lot slower pace than I guess I was expecting. Now, and this I, I should have said this ahead of time. I didn't really play the first Red Dead. Uh-huh. Uh, I tried it years later on backwards compatibility, and I really didn't like it at all, so I stopped playing it really early in. Um, so I don't have any experience with that. So if it's similar pacing, then I, I just don't know. Um, but being that I had played Grand Theft Auto V and really enjoyed that, and it's a you know, Rockstar game, I was kind of expecting uh, Grand Theft Auto in a Western setting. And I... <clears throat> The game is definitely not that. Um, it's a lot more spaced out, a lot more slower paced, 
a lot more character development, I would say, even though I thought Grand Theft Auto did a pretty good job with that. Uh, A lot more character building and storytelling uh, than Grand Theft Auto was. Eric, to to piggyback off your point, one of the biggest things that I heard about the game in in my little bit of reading was the slow pacing, especially at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, A lot of people thought that could have been done a little bit quicker, a little bit better. Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah, I've, I've heard that quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, it, it was more at the beginning, probably. It's still a little slower pace, and I think a lot of that has to do with um, riding the horse around the map instead uh-huh. of fast traveling everywhere. Um, <clears throat> but it has picked up a little bit since the beginning, and I have very, very much enjoyed my time with Red Dead up to this point. Um, I, I can see complaints from people thinking, uh, I know Dave from Boston is in the chat, and I've, I've been following his tweets on Twitter about... Uh, his experience so far and really says basically saying he's not having any fun with it, mm-hmm. uh, which has been the opposite of my experience. Uh, I'm, I'm having a blast with it. It's one of those games where like you can, just, you know, you'll be going along your business on the way to your next mission. And then like two hours later, you've been sidetracked by like uh, one of my favorite things that happened. It's something small, but it just sticks out to me because I told my wife about it. And she was appalled at how I handled the situation. It was uh, nighttime. And I was heading back to Horseshoe Overlook, and I saw this campfire out by the river. So I went over there to see what was going on. And there was a prospector there looking for gold in the river. So I just kind of hung out for a little while. And then finally he said he found a gold nugget, and he was all excited. So I told him to give it to me, and he didn't. So I shot him dead. Took it. <laughs> As you should in the wild. Yes, exactly. Uh, just little stuff like that going on and like, you know, finding treasure maps. And one of the things I have enjoyed way, way, way more than I ever thought I would is hunting and like providing for the camp. I find that to be super addicting, uh, making sure that all the food levels and things of that nature are, uh, up to snuff in the camp, making sure everybody's cared for, uh, which is why I pretty much kill everyone and take all their stuff because it's for us now. For the greater good. Yeah. You gotta take care of the team. Uh, Beardless asks if I have a lasso. I do have a lasso. Um, I, you know, I've used it in missions. I have not really used it. Uh, yeah, he says you can tie people up. I figured you probably could, but I'd rather just end it real quick with a shotgun blast to the chest and be done with it. Um, I've also, just to kind of throw a complaint with the game in there, is I never really know if what I'm doing is part of the story and I'm supposed to do something illegal or if it's like one step removed from the story and if you do something illegal you're going to get in trouble for it like there's this one instance of uh this man who was abusing his wife or something like that and i intervened and hogtied him and i was wanted for it and i'm like well i I was doing this mission i needed information from this woman this guy was giving her a hard time why am i now alleyway in valentine no no this is like in a cavern kind of thing oh uh, but anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but that that no. is one of the few complaints I have about the game, so I wanted to get it in there while it was relevant. I would imagine somebody probably just happened to see you. It could be. If I had to guess, and then okay. it's then your mission to run him down and either kill him or beat him until he says he won't tell anything. Um, yeah, I kind of lost where I was at there, but uh, Tito in the chat said that to him, the tone is deliberate, and he feels like that ties into the slow pace, and I definitely agree with that. You know, it is. it is. It's like a slow pace, western, like, I don't know, I don't want to say drab kind of feeling, because it's not drab. The world is absolutely beautiful. 
Um, but I, I think I think he's absolutely right. The tone and the pace really fit well together. Um, as slow as that can be at times, because the map is pretty big. So going from area to area can can take a little while. But again, you know, you get sidetracked into doing all these different things. You know, you know, rob stagecoaches. For me, most of the time, it's I'll see a pack of animals running, and I cannot help myself but go and try to kill them with my bow to get uh, big pelts for the camp and meat for the camp and all that sort of stuff. I think that ties into to being able to admire the scenery you know i mean i feel like in this game because you're you're right the the video that i watched some of the vistas they showed and some of the like the areas they showed were stunning like really really well put together and you know if you fast travel everywhere you miss all that you know uh that that you get to you get to take that in if you're just riding around on a horse there's not a ton of fast travel available as far as i can tell yeah. You can take trains, but mm-hmm. like there's not a lot of train stations around. Mm-hmm. So you at least somewhat have to take your horse and go to the train station. So yeah. you know, there's and, not a ton and, of it available. And, and you get to take in the, the gorgeous scenery while you're while you're while you're doing that, which is which you is do. cool. Yeah, there is um go ahead. Just to jump in here while we're talking about fast travel, there is later on you can unlock fast travel at your campsite. So, oh, okay. I I actually just unlocked it. It's just a map that goes over your bed, and I assume you can only use it from your campsite. Wow, how did you unlock it? And I'm like, well, so Eric, when you were talking, you said you haven't finished chapter two yet. I just finished chapter two, so oh, okay. percentage wise, it sounds like you're ahead of me. But I'm like, story wise, maybe I'm a little bit yeah. ahead of you. I don't know. So, but, have you done a lot of the uh, side quests at all? I thought I did them all. Like I. Do I do all the white ones before I do a yellow one, right? Yeah, I mean, there in your on your map on the index, if you hit RB, it'll go over and it'll just show missions. Oh, yeah, I should figure that. I should I should do that. Yeah, Watch it took me a little while stuff. to figure out where just like a mission uh, list was. And that right. was another complaint that another friend of mine, Jeff, had as well. Um. But yeah, I mean, so far, I mean, I love the game. I think uh, the the main missions have been really cool. Uh, there's one, one of my favorite ones was breaking one of your gang members out of prison. Um, I had a really good time doing that. And I, I guess it's a little spoilery, but um, there's probably a couple ways you can handle it. And I would have done it differently if I could. Uh, but I didn't have any dynamite on me to blow him out of the building. So I kept running around trying to find some dynamite, and I, I couldn't find any. So I just took my guns in and started shooting everybody in the sheriff's office. And uh, then we had to kill everybody in the town because they came after us. So that was that was pretty awesome. Urge. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Corey, why don't you go ahead with some of your thoughts? Yeah, so I mean, I love the game, and, and maybe I oversold it to you guys a little bit when you initially asked me about it. Um I was just, I was just blown away, a hundred percent blown away. But you also, so that was mostly Eric and Corey talking about Red Dead Redemption Two. Again, a game I really want to play. I know Will played a little bit too. Uh, I don't think it was really his cup of tea. I think he kind of liked it, but not as much as some of the other stuff that came out. So he didn't end up playing that much more of of Red Dead Redemption Two. But I know, I know Eric and and Corey played a significant amount of of it. So. Uh, and as I said before, I'm I'm also looking forward to playing it. So, 
Uh, now, this is not going to be a full episode. I'm not going to talk about nibble bits or my week, but I did, however, want to get to feedback because we got a couple pieces of feedback. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to do the game giveaway this week, um, but maybe next week, uh, depending on if we do the thummies next week or not. Uh, so the first is from Sherman, who says, Merry Christmas uh, to the athletes. Sherman from Utah. Hey, longtime listener. Love what you guys do, and I just want to spread the Christmas cheer. Here's a steam key for Dragon Quest Eleven: Echoes of an Elusive Age. Merry Christmas and have an amazing new year. Use it on yourselves, but if you have it or feel like it would be better suited for a listener, it's up to you. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven: Echoes of an Elusive Age key. Uh, then he says, P.S. I like in uh, the About section of your webpage, Will looks like he's 16 and has three open beers in front of him. <laughs> uh, first of all, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, well, I, either I or Corey have Dragon Quest Eleven, so whoever has it, um, well, the other, I'll give it to the other person. So if I have it in my Steam library, I'll give it to Corey uh, to have in his Steam library. So thank you so much. That's super nice. Uh, I know Corey has played a decent amount of this game and, and really likes it. Um, I'm excited to have, during the Thummies to have him be the JRPG representation. He played Nino Kuni 2. He played Dragon Quest XI. So uh, obviously Octopath Traveler we all played. So that's a, that's a good thing to get. We didn't. None of us played Valkyria Chronicles 4, I don't think. Uh, that's definitely an omission that that needs to be fixed um but yeah will's uh <laughs> those pictures are from a long time ago uh we ha- obviously haven't updated our website in a while uh, and even when we did up- update it it was still uh those pictures that were taken from tyler in the early days of the podcast so um yes i believe those are my open beers though i can't tell what kind of beard it looks like flying dog maybe yeah yeah, maybe. I'm looking at the picture now. Uh, but yeah, those are, those are, I'm pretty sure those are my open beers. Uh, so, uh, but very, 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 very kind of you to send us that game. Thank you so much. Um, Sherman in Utah. So thank you. Uh, the next is from Idaho Jake who says, Hey guys, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. My son flew in on Saturday. It doesn't leave into the third, so we had an awesome Christmas and New Year's should be just as fun. This Saturday, I'm renting out a local arcade place for my home and for my home and his younger brother's, my son and his younger brother's birthday. So that, that should be amazing. I spent more than I should have on the Xbox store, but most were purchased with gift cards. I bought Borderlands, Handsome Jack Collection, Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War, and Capcom versus Marvel 3. Let's hope the Ravens win on Sunday because it's winning in. Uh, thanks, guys, and have a great day. Thanks, Jake. I uh, hope you have a merry, had a had a good Christmas and and a new. Uh, well, you did have a good Christmas, and hope you have a happy New Year. Awesome that your son got to fly in and have have some time with you. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a busy Christmas for us. So, really looking forward to things settling down and getting back into a normal routine. We're still not even close to being unpacked in the new house. Um, I'm, as I'm looking around the studio at boxes and and bags of stuff and stuff stacked up against the wall i'm like oh man this is never gonna end but yeah we'll get there eventually right so uh yeah at least the plan for next week is is the thummies i'm not sure if it's gonna be thursday or friday i know eric is gonna be traveling so possibly the thummies will get moved to the week after not 100 percent sure on that so i believe eric is coming up to visit his his wife's family so um 
so that would that would be the reason why the thummies would get pushed back but uh, i will find out find out for sure let everyone know and uh, but as usual we will have an episode for you next week uh even if i don't necessarily communicate it which i would like to um it'll be thursday maybe friday uh and yeah uh back to live streams too i know we haven't had them the past couple weeks but uh definitely want to get back to those so uh once again uh, thanks for listening everybody um very much appreciate your support and uh yeah once again i apologies for the lack of communication lately so uh that'll do it for episode 388 of the thumbstick athletes podcast i'm your host dan thanks for listening and get out of my basement